2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
0: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road. and Anian. Ron, why don't you just treat the symptom?
3: Well, because I, it's not that I don't treat the symptom, but I look at the conditions, all right? The conditions create the symptom.
0: I like the big cars
4: like one that's sitting in my grandpa's
3: yard. The car doctor. Was that cap off when you took it apart?
0: Before we started, yes. Okay. Was, the line was, there was a line to it, it was broken, it was open.
3: All right, so where's that line now? You just gotta kinda
0: hang it out in space? No, I took it off because I couldn't find the other end to it. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call
3: in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855 560 9900. And now, here's Ronnie. We were um, out car shopping this week, and it's <laughs> it's 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 kind of funny what's going on out there. You know, it's there, there are no cars, first of all. All right, and and I think you all know that by now. There are no cars, but some of the options and some of the the way things are changing, like there are some car companies out there. And we've talked about it here, but boy, it kind of smacks you in the face when you've got to make a decision if you want that that you can buy a vehicle with heated seats. And then, after three months, your trial period is up, and if you want heated seats every morning, you have to pay an eight dollar subscription fee or, um, <sighs> I was just, you know I thought when you bought something it was yours uh, you know i or remote start that was another one if you want remote start to work beyond x number of mornings, I know Tom has a comment here, and they're they're, gonna- they're learning this from the uh
1: from the software industry.
3: Well, and the airline You only rent it. My, my wife was saying, they're, they're learning this from the airlines, because right? when you get on an airplane, everything is, you, you rent it for the trip. You rent the ability to look at movies, you rent the headphones, da-da-da. So the car industry is doing the same thing. I had remote start. I put remote start on the, pl- the new plow truck this week, and I didn't do the programming, because it's, it's just so intricate and so tedious and I have a very good friend at the local Chevy dealer that I trust 110%. I would trust Kevin to work on my own stuff. And I said, Kevin, just buy the kit and put it in. I'll pay you for it because you actually have to call General Motors. Um, it's just not a matter of programming. They have to change the accessory, the RPO option list as built on the truck back at General Motors in order for this stuff to work. And he showed me the kit, and it's just a, it's just a, manila envelope with two programmed key transmitters in it that have to be programmed to the vehicle that now have a you know extra button for remote start and i said but where's the module and where's the because when we did it on the 19 silverado there was a module we installed and there was a a latch to see the hood opener closed we don't have that anymore and the way they're doing it is and we think this is something new on the 22s uh, we don't have we don't have a definitive proof, but we're, we're we're thinking this that General Motors has now put remote start capability into the body computer. They just don't program it. Think about that a minute. They're using hardware. They've already got the hardware built. Now they're just going to turn it on, so they could come along to you six months after the sale and say, "Hey, Mister Ananian." You know, we see you didn't have a remote start installed in your truck when you purchased it new. Would you like it installed? Pay us this fee and we'll turn it on for you and then you just have to, we'll send you out the two transmitters you need. Think about the potential of how this could change the automobile industry and how you approach buying a new vehicle. I I was talking to one salesman at one of the dealerships we went to and. Uh, you know, it's kind of fun car shopping, especially the, when the, the dealers that don't know who you are, right? You just kind of walk in like Goober uh, and, uh, you know, we're here to buy a car and um, nothing against Goober. I thought he was an entertaining character on, on on Andy Griffith. but And we were talking to one salesman and I was, we were talking about somehow we got on the subject of the chip shortage and, you know, where will chips for cars of the future come from? And the one salesman had a very interesting take on it. He said, how do you know it won't come out of a vending machine? He goes, you know, at, at the rate we're going in five years, maybe you'll walk in and you'll drop, you know, $200 into a machine and they'll make you a board for your Corvette that doesn't start with new chips on it and they'll just build it that way. And I, you know what, for some of the things I'm seeing, I don't doubt that that could happen. Will, will computer chips ever come out of a vending machine to solve? Will we fix cars that way? That was the other conversation I had with somebody uh, not too long ago. Will we fix cars? Will we there just be machinery that you can program in your VIN? Will they standardize it at some point And you just pop a nickel in and out comes a computer board. And you plug it into your car and drive away when it's broken. Um, just just crazy things. So no wonder it's very difficult if you're out there trying to buy a new car. The, uh, the, the things that you're seeing, the questions that you're asking. Wall Street Journal today. Tesla is facing a complaint on autopilot advertising. This is out of California, right? Uh, which I was surprised California did this because I figured they're so in love with Tesla. But the California Department of Motor Vehicles accused Tesla of falsely advertising its vehicles as autonomous. The state agency, in a pair of complaints filed a week ago, said the electric vehicle maker has made inaccurate statements that represent its vehicles as capable of operating autonomously. Whenever I read things like this, I think about the woman. It's got to be more than a few years ago. She sued the vehicle manufacturer. She didn't understand why she had an accident when she said her cruise control. That she wasn't able to cruise, and she went straight into a building, or some such thing. She had set it to you know sixty miles an hour, and she was she fell asleep, and she was shocked to wake up. She had an accident, something like that, and she was surprised. Hey, how come the car didn't drive by itself? It's cruise control. Yeah, um, uh, Tesla comes equipped. Here's here's the answer. Teslas come equipped with an advanced driver assist system, or ADOS, That can aid drivers. Tesla system known as autopilot helps with tasks such as steering within a lane on the highway. Customers can also pay. Here's that subscription thing again. Customers can also pay $12,000 for an enhanced set of features dubbed full self-driving. Autopilot and full self-driving capability labels and descriptions represent that vehicles equipped with the ADAS features will operate as an autonomous vehicle. But vehicles equipped with those ADOS features could not at the time of those advertisements and cannot now operate as autonomous vehicles, DMV said in complaints filed with California's Office of Administrative Hearings. I don't know California had that much of a justice system. Tesla didn't respond to a request for comment. The Los Angeles Times earlier reported on DMV's complaints. The complaint isn't the first time Tesla's faced criticism. Two years ago, a court in Germany found that some of Tesla's advertisements related to the term autopilot were misleading. Um, uh, Massachusetts, Tesla, whether Tesla used deceptive marketing practices. No. The FTC, which has a consumer protection mandate and can sue companies for allegedly false advertising, confirmed receipt of the letter and declined any comment at this time. I, I don't know. I listen and I'm kind of surprised because I thought Teslas could go on autopilot. Um, I thought that they could self drive. I thought that was one of their big features, but evidently California has found otherwise. And uh, they're filing a formal complaint about it. So uh, that was in the news. Yeah, that was that was in the news. Wait, let me just get the news stories out of the way at the beginning of the hour. See, I actually do read the paper. And the other one that I wanted to talk about was, and this is sort of a warning for you. Wait a minute. Let me get to the right side of the paper here. Gasoline refineries capacity stretched. Well, this sure got my attention. American Fuel Maker's... Dialed down production this month. This is this is out of today, August the 6th. This is today's Wall Street Journal. American fuel makers dialed down production this month, a move that will reduce gas supplies <laughs> and threatens to slow down the decline in gasoline prices. Since hitting a record national average of $5 a gallon this summer, gasoline prices have tumbled about 91 cents and could slip to or go below $4 a gallon by mid-August. As, a, as economists fear weight on oil market, American drivers cut back on fuel purchases. The longevity of the price reprieve depends partly on how much fuel refineries continue to make. The fuel refineries are going into maintenance. So they're going to start doing maintenance before they switch over to the winter blend. So I guess we can all... And the article goes on for paragraphs and paragraphs i guess we can all expect fuel economy or fuel prices to go back up and that would be about right in time i'm not going to get political time i promise in time for the november election so just in time to get us all baffled and pointing fingers at one another and saying what's wrong i could tell you but i wouldn't have a radio show next week so um anyway that's the deal that's in the news car shopping a couple of tips figured i'd do a different kind of open i pulled that one off too i didn't think i could but You know, somebody once said to me, do you make this stuff up off the top of your head? I said, well, I try to just make it up. I don't know if it comes off the top of my head because it's pretty empty up there. 855-560-9900. That's the Car Doctor's 24-7 number. You should know that. If you don't, write it down. 855-560-9900. We're going to come back and open the phone lines right after this. Don't go away.
0: On the wall, so you don't forget to call for car advice done right. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Now back to Rod. Hey, let's cruise on over to Paul
3: in Virginia and talk to him about his ninety-four F one fifty them up truck. Paul, welcome to the car, Doctor Sir. How can I help?
4: Yes, sir. Nice to take my call. You're welcome. Uh I bought this uh truck, uh, <laughs> the fellow I bought it from. I've been trying to figure out why it wasn't getting fuel for uh, about a year, and um, so anyway, I bought it. I uh, heard it run uh, with you know fuel um, with carburetor cleaner, and um, so anyway, I bought it. Got it towed home, and uh, I've got it. I've gotten it running now. That's fine. Okay. And what was, uh, what was wrong with the fuel system? Drive.
3: What was wrong with the fuel system?
4: Oh, it it just wasn't uh, it just wasn't getting. Um, Power to it. Okay. To the pump.
3: Dual tanks. Dual uh, tank system, Paul.
4: No, no, it's a single tank. Uh, this is a short bed, which is what I wanted. I've got a long bed. I wanted a short bed, full wheel drive, quad shock, right, and a stick. That's all that. Um, and the full wheel drive is also on the floor. It's not shift on the fly, which is uh, which is another good thing. But uh, I put in 4 wheel drive just seeing what it would do. And uh, it works fine, but getting it out of four-wheel drive, that took quite a bit of effort um, and several attempts. And I even tried backing up, and, uh, you know, just finally I got it out of four-wheel drive. And I'm I'm wondering, because it had been sitting for a year or so, uh, maybe it's just gotten stiff, or maybe there's an adjustment needed, or lubrication, or uh, what, what do you think on that?
3: Um, uh, yes, no, no. And yes. Uh, I, yeah. Um, first of all, I, it, it goes into four wheel drive. D- was it in four wheel drive? It, it, it locked in, you drove it. It felt it bound up on turns. You drove it around the house or something and you're sure it went in.
4: Oh no, I, I haven't gotten it on the road yet. I haven't registered. i I need to, uh, the bed is off of it. And I want to get the the uh, the frame all cleaned up and coated right. before putting the before going it back into town and getting the bed to put on it.
3: Gotcha. Okay. So um, what is the shift? I'm, I'm
4: not driving shift... it. I just in my driveway.
3: What does the shift linkage look like on the side of the transfer case and and the the, the shifter on the floor? Rusty, cruddy. No the the uh, the trucks
4: got a bit of rust in the uh, in the bed and on, in the front fenders but otherwise it's it's pretty pretty solid i mean the cab has no rust
3: right so, so but what about the linkage itself uh, i mean if it's if, if it's been sitting a year do this disconnect the linkage the linkage has a rod that goes down to the transfer case correct right right if you disconnect that linkage from the transfer case does it move does does the shifter inside the cab move okay
4: yeah, I'll have to try that.
3: You know, let's let's break it down into sim let's break it down into simplistic terms and bite sizes, right? One bite at a time. If we can't move the shifter, then is it you know, is it dirt and grit and rust and crud just built up inside the shift mechanism? All right. For that matter, yeah, if you take the right, linkage if the if, if if you take the linkage off the side of the transfer case and just out of curiosity, is there any fluid in the transfer case? Right. A vehicle we we don't know much about. It's been sitting for a long time from the sounds of it. All right. Does it have does it have fluid in it? All right. Once you establish, does it have fluid in it? And why not give it a treat? Maybe change the transfer case fluid. What the heck? Uh, You know, if you take the linkage off the side of the case, can you move that manual shift lever on its own? Right, gotcha. grab it. Grab it with an adjustable wrench. If you got an adjustable wrench, you got the right size. Because if I'm not mistaken, that is a—I uh, don't want to say like a T-slot, but isn't that a stud with two wings going up and down? So it just it locks in. It indents in that way on a shift linkage. If I remember right, '94. Um, I don't believe it's splined. Uh,
4: I don't know. I haven't haven't gotten it up on up in the air. So, okay,
3: but you know, uh, if it, if it is, then a then a, then an adjustable wrench will fit over that nice and you should just be able to it's just it's just a manual lock uh you know put the put the uh put the truck up in the air you know put it in neutral and you know shift it into manual 4 manual high uh lower high whatever it's got uh you know does it go if it doesn't go and the shifter on the floor is free and easy then it's got to be something binding up in the transfer case itself how does the front differential lock on front hubs in 94 right manual locking hubs
4: it it does yeah that's
3: another uh, nice feature okay so yeah, you know not... we're we're right we're dealing with all manual mechanical locking pieces here there's no vacuum hubs there's no special you know it, it's 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 not fancy it's you know when men were men and 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 the sky was blue kind of stuff in the old days right you get out the truck turn the hub yeah. you know pull on the lever that kind of stuff uh, so you know this is this would be very easy to uh, diagnose. does it does it mechanically move? Does it mechanically lock? So but like I said, assume nothing if you are going to look at it as you know no history and you want to learn everything you could about that transfer case. you know, look at everything. look at fluid level, look at the shift linkage. look look at the mechanism. does it actually allow it to operate with a with an open end wren- uh with an adjustable wrench, okay? And you know, that's how you'll right. know. That's how you'll know. All right. Remember, don't, don't, don't be afraid. You can't break it. You got to be daring sometimes. Sometimes you don't need prior knowledge. Remember Orville Wright didn't have a pilot's license. Look what he did. So, uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah I like the simplicity of that. And and yet this vehicle's got uh, power lumbar seats. Yeah. So it's, it's nicely equipped, uh, all the way around. I've got a, I've got a ninety-one Bronco also, and that's got the uh, shift on the fly, and the, and the uh, automatic hubs, and right. um, and they you can know, be that's, they that's can that's be, a be a nightmare.
5: Yeah,
3: they they can they can be a nightmare. Somebody brought me a uh, real quick story. Somebody brought me a shift on the fly Ford Bronco many many years ago. Nobody could fix it, and it 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 was a tough truck. I fixed it. Um, And I sort of fixed it. I stumbled upon it really by just due diligence and a little bit of dumb luck because the vehicle had been in an accident and the floor pan was cracked and it was cracked right in the spot where the harness came down for the, for the shift on the fly, going down to the transfer case motor on the side of the transfer case. And I couldn't understand why it was like that and why the problem happened. And then when I met the owner for the first time, the, the, the owner was 350 pounds. And when he sat in the seat, he would rock back and forth, and he eventually broke the floor pan. And I don't know if it was he broke the floor pan by himself as a result of the accident, that it wasn't repaired right. All I know is the combination of the seat moving, the floor pan moving, eventually broke the harness. If he leaned back, he made contact. If he leaned forward, he broke connection. Had a broken wire. <laughs> and... Uh, I ended up... Yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes you don't know things until you see the whole... But, you know, in that case, too, I took it apart like I knew nothing about it, and that's what eventually led me to the repair. So that's why I say, take everything apart. Think of it like you don't know it. Don't assume anything. You're basically doing a restoration on a, on a what, a 30-year-old vehicle? So... Good luck to you, Paul. Keep me posted. When you get it done, send us some pictures. I'd love to see it. Nothing like a good old mechanical Ford pick-em-up truck. You be well and enjoy the rest of the weekend. I'm Ron Anini and The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
1: at Edu.
3: Hey, we're back. the and of the car doctor, at your service. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. Write it down. Keep it somewhere safe, because Tuesday, you're going to have a car question. You're going to go, what was that phone number again? 855-560-9900. Call, leave a message. Tom Ray, executive producer, chief cook and bottle washer here at the Car Doctor Productions. We'll uh, get in touch with you and put you on the next live broadcast. Let's go over to Nancy in Virginia, 07 Lincoln Town Car, and uh, see what's going on here. Hi, Nancy. How are you?
6: Thank you, Ron, for taking my call. You're welcome. I love your show. Thank you. Thank anyway, you. I just bought this 2007 Lincoln Town car. My 2003 Cadillac DeVille had 220000 on it, and I only want big cars with big hoods and big trunks, you that know, heavy metal. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, yep, I, yeah. I mean, I like to be in bubble wrap. <laughs> yep. Yeah,
3: I get it. I get
4: it.
6: Yes. Oh. So anyway, I'm trying to determine what type of maintenance to do on this car. That is 15 years old, and only has 35,000 miles on it. I mean, it looks like it just came off the showroom floor. It looks like I just bought, you know, just a um, a demo. You know, right? What color is it? What color um, is it, Nancy? Normally. When I have a car that 's like one hundred i 'm thinking this really should have over one hundred thousand miles, and when I get to one hundred thousand miles, I replace all the belts, all the hoses, the water pump, the fuel pump you know and if the battery hadn 't been swatched out, sw- you know swatch out switch out the battery. And um, the when I bought it, uh, when I test drove it, I took it to my mechanic. I put it on the lift. The only it, it came from Pennsylvania, and uh, there was only a little. There was only a little bit of rust on the catalytic converters, and a little bit of transmission residue on the outer seal. Okay. So what would you suggest on a car with thirty five thousand miles, but is fifteen years old, in order to prudently put it out there on the road? and drive
3: it. Okay, I got I got to get a picture of this car in my mind. What color is it?
6: It's a pale ice blue.
3: Ooh, I know that color. Yes. Yeah. And
6: it's got that old split bench seat, yeah, you know?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
6: Oh gosh, yeah. it is just like it's like getting my 88 Crown Victoria back.
3: Yeah, you know what? It's a nice car to go for a cruise. On a cool, fall, yeah. on a cool, I bought a land. Just, yacht. Yeah. You <laughs> bought a land. yacht. You really did. So, you know, it's 15 years old. I don't care no, about, the, I don't. It,
6: yeah. Yeah. 15 the, years, uh-huh. it's,
3: yeah. The, the mileage, you know what? Here's the deal. You're probably going to drive this car a good eight to 10 years from the sounds of it. So, you yeah. know, what's available now versus won't, what won't be available for parts in two, five or eight or 10 years. Exactly. It's, it's, it's 15 years old. I would do belts and hoses regardless, okay? Um, get what you can while you can. I would do a thermostat. Exactly, I yeah. Would, I, obviously, I would do a cooling system service. I'd probably do a water pump, provided I could get one out of Ford while they're still available. It's not the worst idea in the whole world, and uh-huh. I would I would take a hard look at the radiator. That it's a it's a plastic side tanked radiator. It's been through a lot of heat cycles. It's sat a lot. There's nothing yeah. like having a good heat exchanger in a vehicle because. It just contributes so much to the overall performance of the car, not to mention helps the air conditioning to work better when the cooling system is efficient. So, you know, <laughs> that's that's my cooling system maintenance and an obviously a good cooling system fluid exchange to get all the old stuff out and fresh stuff in because coolant will go acidic. It, it's, it's, its pH will go off. There is ways you can do a litmus paper test. Remember that litmus paper test thing we took in junior high school or high school, whatever it was when... I remember Mrs. Clue came out. We all had to test the litmus of something, and I was probably in auto shop that day. I cut class, and um, <laughs> but you can you can litmus paper test it, but it doesn't matter. It's fifteen years old. Change the coolant. That's number one. I would do a fuel system cleaning. All right, get yourself down to your local O'Reilly Auto Parts, or get get out online to O'ReillyAuto.com. Get yourself a Berryman's fuel system cleaning kit. Tell your mechanic unless he's got something else. I would do a throttle body cleaning. I would do a fuel injection cleaning all right officially on a vehicle that's gone such little mileage in 15 years and it sat so much a good tank additive to help clean up the fuel tank and it'll clean the fuel system coming forward i would change okay. all, i would change all the fluids if it's wet change it oil trans differential brake fluid whatever you got if it's wet change it now you start with a fresh vehicle all right. Okay. Now you start with a vehicle. You know, air filter, cabin filter. You know, you want to you want to lower the trans pan, change that. Here's the one that's going to throw you. You know what else I would change? What's that? I'd change spark plugs. I'd put plugs in this. I would. Okay. It's 15 years old. It's a right. steel, It's a steel plug in an aluminum head. Will it come out? How easily will it come out? Is it a three-piece, you know, there there are some, some of these had the three-piece or the three-valve motor with the two-piece spark plug that broke. So before it accumulates a lot of carbon deposits, and if your mechanic is up on the procedure, there's some special tools involved. Let's get the two-piece plug out. They've come out with a one-piece plug that will make it easier if there is a next time where the plugs have to be changed. But to wait for 100,000 miles, which might be five years from now, uh, you know, it's a, now it's 20 years old. And now the the steel might have hardened itself into the aluminum head that much more, and it might be that much more difficult to get out. And then when you're putting, okay. the, then when you're putting the, the plugs back in and the coils back in, I'd leave the coils. I'm okay with that. A little dielectric grease around the boot of the coil to help in removal should you ever have to change it again. And that takes care of the ignition system. And, you know, that's probably where I would start. Start, stop. Okay, I would yeah. also look at the wiper blades. They're thirty-five years old. You know, you've kind of got to. <laughs> you know, you've you, you know they're they're fifteen years old. But you, you know what I'm saying? They're they're thirty-five thousand yes. miles, fifteen years old. Uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff you want to think about because time is much more of a factor on this vehicle than anything else.
6: Exactly. And yeah.
3: you know, obviously, a good wash, a good wax. All right.
6: Oh, it's uh, been detailed. Yeah. It, it, this thing okay. shines like a. Yeah. Uh,
3: okay, I get you. Um, okay. I get you. But that's what I would do, kiddo. All that good maintenance Thanks. stuff. and uh, Oh, and you know what? Change the thermostat. Have your mechanic change the thermostat in it just because it is so old that you want to okay. make sure. And again, while well, all of these parts are available of good quality, whether from an O'Reilly or exactly. a Parts or from I'm the manufacturer. Of, I'm yeah. afraid
6: of only being able to get electric parts. Right. You know, it's, kind of awesome. it's, it's, yeah,
3: it's, you know what? You want to get the stuff now while you can. And I don't know that I would change a fuel pump. I would probably see if you could get a quality part fuel pump, a Motorcraft or something from your local O'Reilly Auto Parts, and put it on a shelf somewhere, because it okay. wouldn't be it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. I don't believe uh-huh. in 07 There's an externally frame mounted fuel filter, but if there is, by all means, I would change it. You know, and I would change stock the
6: fuel filter.
3: Yeah, I would stock file. Yes. I would stockpile a few parts. All right, because oh, yes. this stuff's only going to go away as time goes on. So, all right, uh, now's the moment.
6: All right. Thank you so much. You're, I appreciate you helping me out with this.
3: You're very welcome, sweetheart. You have a good rest of the weekend. Enjoy your car.
6: All righty-dighty. Thank you so much.
3: Take good care. Alrighty, righty-dighty. I haven't heard that expression in a million years. Wow. Way to go. Bringing back memories. Appreciate it, Nancy. I'm Ron and Andy The Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
3: Hey, we're back. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor at your service. Let's go over to Stephen in Delaware, 94 F-150. Must hey. Be, must be 94 F-150 day here on the car doctor. What's going on, Stephen?
5: It, it, so uh, a couple of months ago, I called in with an issue. I didn't have a uh, lot. We lost the uh, speedometer and the odometer. Okay. And I went through uh, wiring, and I went through uh, on the uh, pumpkin in the back, the uh, speed you know, the sensor. brake uh, yep. sensor that yep. they have that actually runs it. And you know, in fact, I replaced it uh, just because, and nothing. And I did a little bit more research, and the word had it that on those particular vehicles, they had a little issues inside the uh, the circuit board for the um, speed- the speedometer. Speedometer. They sp- have cluster. some uh, little. Uh, capacitors um, and a little diode, a real tiny uh, diode. That's a direct uh, um, solder. So um, I I found a place in Texas, Texas uh, speedometers that repairs them. So I you know told them what was going on and I shipped it out to them. Came back, very nice package, stuffed it in, worked beautiful. Perfect. Everything where it came back, I had, had all that back. The interesting thing was, when I took it out for a spin, at about 40 to 50 miles an hour, the, the needle would bounce. And, and remembering some, uh, some verbiage that I read, um, they're very finicky on that particular uh, anti-lock uh, sensor. So I put the old, I didn't throw the old one out, I saved it. Put it back in, and it worked perfectly. Um, there's just some, you know, as they say, sometimes there's stuff that you want to have right from Ford. Um, not, you know, if I can even get that, but, um, so if you have that issue, it's somewhere, some, you know, there's these, uh, I think they replaced two, the two capacitors, the little one, and the big one, which are still small. And then specifically, because I tested it, the diode, I think the diode was bad. It sent the power through. So... Uh, at you a, know, for him, curiosity. maybe somebody else down there. Yeah,
3: I appreciate that, Stephen. Out of curiosity, did this truck yeah. have cruise control? I sort of remember this call.
5: It does. And yeah, and I tried that. You told me, try the cruise control. It didn't work.
3: It didn't work, right. Okay, so, right. No,
5: yeah. it, it, it does now, Right. it didn't then.
3: Right, it didn't then, yeah. Um. Right. Uh, and then the other thing I would have said, though, although this is a 94 uh, you know, if we could get, way well, I see the problem is you know, we're so spoiled by OBD 2 because it, you know pre <laughs> pre ninety six vehicles could we read data stream? Could we read a, a VSS speed signal out of an OBD one scan tool? And you probably couldn't. Um, it would be too difficult to get it into the cab of the truck. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, good. Listen.
5: I think they had. I think that that one had. Um, I think that one had a plug in the engine compartment.
3: Right, Um, it's
5: it's almost like a reverse OBD two that they had for the old scanners.
3: Yeah, it's 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 a red it's a it's a red connector I think over on the I want to say on the right side of the passenger compartment engine compartment. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's it's
5: on the passenger side. Yeah, Yeah, it's on the passenger side. um, back in there so yeah
3: and that's the way it was you know we're so we're so spoiled by obd2 we just expect to walk up to that connector and get so much information out of it now Uh, you know and and the problem is listen i can't tell you how many repair shops call me every week can we borrow your obd1 scan tool no uh because i'm one of the few guys i still have one left and uh you know you can bring it over and i'll i'll help you do it right here in the shop Um, It's not a matter of making money. It's just I don't want to let it out of my sight because there just are none left anymore. There's just
5: I I have an I have an old star, um, will be one reader, right? Yeah, uh, from from years ago. I don't think I've ever used it, but I still
3: have it. Yeah, listen, I have an OTC monitor four thousand. Which came out in the late '80s, and that was that was one that was the only one. Earlier than that was an OTC Monitor 2000, which was the predecessor. That or that was the original diagnostic scan tool. Uh, It it shows how far OTC has come down the ladder because OTC at one time owned the scan tool market, and now you don't even hear their name bandied about at all. Right, you know everybody everybody's using something else. So it's just it's just incredible how that that is probably one of the most volatile pieces of the tool market in the automotive world, because diagnostics and scanners are just changing. In the course of this conversation, they've probably changed a half a dozen yeah, times. Exponentially, yeah, yeah. It, just, it just does, because yeah. the need just goes up ever so much more because of the diagnostic requirements that the manufacturers have placed on these vehicles. So, well, good. I'm glad it yeah. worked out for you. My, my closing comment would be, that just goes to show that there are vendors out there that can repair anything on an older car. You just have to find them. And I guess that's the advantage of the Internet, right? That's the power of the Internet.
5: That's the, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You do yeah. a little yeah. bit of research and put a couple of keywords in there and and then do a little look, and, uh, yep. and you generally you can find
3: it. Yep. So, so good luck to you, Paul. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy your truck. You have, have a good a rest one. of the weekend. Thank you, sir. you be well. 855-560-9900, the car doctor's phone number. I'll be back with that right after this. Don't go away.
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
3: Hey, 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 welcome back. We're on the name of The Car Doctor. I I, got to get this piece of email in. I've been meaning to do this for a couple of weeks now. It's from May, and here we are. It's it's the summer. (laughs) Almost summer's over. Well, halfway through. Ron, I listen to you in podcast form more so than live. I figured I'd email. It might be a better avenue than calling the show. Nah, you should have called the show. This is from Nick in Lithia, Florida. I own a 2014 Mustang GT. I have put a lot of money into the car as far as aftermarket suspension, chassis, and tune, etc. I do not plan to get rid of the car anytime soon. My toddler son is very fond of Mustangs already. Isn't that cool? That is just so neat. And uh, I'd like to see this be his one day. You always talk about parts going obsolete even as far back. As 2016. I can think he's referring to how long I've been saying it. I do most of the work on the car myself outside of transmission work and alignments. Are there any parts you see going obsolete on this generation of Mustang that I should look into making sure I have moving forward? Or is it too early to tell with the Coyote engine still in production, although different generations of them? Thanks for everything you've taught me, Nick, in Lithia, Florida. Uh, you know, Nick, I. It's not a question of what do I see going obsolete. I think it's just the basics, right? Uh, you know, it's a fourteen. It's it's eight years old now. It's in it's in sunny Florida. I've got to think the cooling system's taken a beating. Hoses, belts, thermostat, water pump, radiator. You know, the good quality stuff, either from an O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, you know, or your local Ford dealer, whatever your flavor is, but I would start stockpiling parts. Um, I would go over and talk to the folks over at your local O'Reilly Auto parts and ask them what they know. Have they seen parts going obsolete? Ask them who the better vendors are. You know, which ones do they like better as far as, uh, you know, less problems and, you know, what's working. All right. The parts guys know what's working, they know what they're returning, they know what they're warranting and. The guys over at O'Reilly Auto Parts will know that if you go and talk to them. Uh, you know, Consider a fuel pump module. I know it's early. I know it's only an eight-year-old car. You don't tell me mileage, but it's still, it's in sunny Florida. It's hot there. No kidding. Uh, maybe an AC compressor, things like that. Basic tune-up parts, filters, fluid. The things you're going to use on a regular basis over the course of the next three to five years that maybe you could continue to buy as you stockpile it, And then in five or six years, if it's more difficult to get good quality stuff, you can start to draw down your inventory. There's nothing like having inventory, all right? And it just makes life so much easier. At the worst case, if you don't have a car payment, which on a 14, you probably don't, all right, consider the parts you buy every month as a payment that you're going to set aside. A couple of hundred bucks here, a couple of hundred bucks there, and it's less troubles down the road should you keep the car as long as you plan to. The worst that happens is, thank God for eBay, we can always sell these things online if you don't end up using it because you end up deciding to sell the vehicle before your toddler son grows into the age of where he wants to drive it and, uh, you know, do so. So um, just just be aware, all right? You can't predict everything, and there's going to be certain trim pieces and interior modules that will or may fail that you just can't control, but just be aware of it, and uh, you'll be fine. Till the next time, I'm Ron Anani and The Car Doctor reminding you good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See you.